In a snowy, weather-delayed home opener, RSL manages to beat the Seattle Sounders. What does this mean for the team? You're listening to Here at the Riot, a Real Salt Lake soccer podcast. to here at the riot i'm josh and with me is i'm i'm dax i'm with josh i threw you a curveball there <laughs> didn't really know i didn't really know what to do with that one I'm um just, just improvising over here yeah add had a lid my my guy <laughs> um and uh yeah this is here at the riot um and if you recall this past weekend, RSL played the Seattle Sounders. And it was a bit of a crazy game. Not going to lie. Um, in so many ways. In so many ways. <laughs> um, first of all, there was a two-hour weather delay um, just in the middle of the game. So they basically played just about the whole first half. And then there was a two-hour weather delay. And they played the second half. Um, but I think you've been well, crazy. Yeah. Well, they then they came back, played the remaining three minutes of the first half. Then halftime happened. It was only five the, minutes, though. It was a five-minute condensed halftime, half but yeah. still. They felt it necessary to come back, play three minutes, <laughs> then take another break, and then play the second hey, half. Hey, rules so. are rules, my guy. That's you, garbage. You have to, you have to play the whole game. Just they should have just added those minutes to the second half. But, anyways, we don't have to get into that. Yeah, does that qualify as stoppage time? And if so, do they get an extra two hours to play? Because there's <laughs> two, there was a two-hour delay. Mm, sure. All right. Um, so. But I think the even crazier thing is that RSL actually beat the Seattle Sounders. I mean, who are we kidding? They've they the Seattle is now they're winless in eleven games at the riot, so you know, statistically RSL was going to win, but I don't think that we really believed it like in our hearts, you know? It's always a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, is it always a surprise when RSL wins or when they beat Seattle? Uh, when we beat Seattle. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so they win They win some games. Like, oh yeah, they, they deserve to win that when they play Seattle. It's always, always a surprise. Um, but I know Josh was watching the game on TV. I was actually there at the game. Um, and it was, I mean, as far as season openers go, um, it's pretty crazy. Um... So I mean, we got there. I, me and me and my wife got there a little late. Um, we were probably like six to ten minutes late, somewhere in there. Um, so we missed like the first six minutes, which is fine. Nothing really happened in in there. Um, but uh, we're just we're just watching the game, and then right around like you know the forty second minute. There, we start to see lightning um, just kind of on the 
to to the south. So we're looking and we're like, oh shoot, there's lightning. They they might they might <laughs> st- they might stop the game. Um, and they did stop the game. And it was really funny because all they did was they just threw up on the big screen. They're like, they're due to severe weather. The game is being delayed. Um, we urge all of you to seek shelter. And for those of you who have been to Rio Tinto, I mean, it's an outdoor stadium. There are some awnings. Uh, but, like, you know, most of the stadium's outdoor. So I don't really know what shelter they were asking us to seek. If I remember right, um, both two of the sides um, have coverings like yes. where the restrooms are and concessions and then the ends behind the goals are just open well so yes and no so the one the one side the the west side is completely enclosed um so you can like go in there um but the east side is like if you go under basically under the seats then it is covered but like the the hallway the pass that like you know the bathrooms on the east side um mm-hmm. that is not covered um mm-hmm. and then yes the the north and south ends are both completely open but i mean it i mean it was just lightning at that point so like no one was really like who's gonna get struck by lightning when they're you know in a in a, in a stadium you yeah. know so no one really cared um and actually, just for future, because it might come into play later. Uh, what was the temperature like at the start of the game? Oh, it was it was not that bad. Uh, it was probably in the low fifties. Okay, all right. Like, just remember that, everyone. <laughs> it like <laughs> like we were comfortable, like just sitting there. I was wearing a a bigger coat, but um. But you're from Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Vegas, so. <laughs> I mean, it was colder than it probably would have been in Vegas. Um, so we're just <laughs> that sitting there. Always works. <laughs> so so we're just sitting there. We're like, oh yeah, this is probably gonna be like twenty minutes, and then, you know, they'll get back to playing. So we're sitting there um, for probably about a half hour. Well, so at one point, at one point, you know, we saw a flash of lightning, and they come over the loudspeaker, and they're like. All right, since we just saw lightning, um, we're going to reset the clock. So the earliest we can start was at like 5.45 or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so we're like, okay, we just have to wait till then. Um, and then it just starts hailing. Like, like at first we're like, oh, it's it's hailing. And then like they start getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> tell me we're about the size of marbles um so at that point we decided you know we should probably find shelter (laughs) we we don't want to get pelted with these marble sized pieces of ice falling from the sky so we went underneath the like entrance gates and just kind of sat there for a second Mm -hmm. um and I don't know how long we sat there, but eventually we start hearing people cheering. So we go out there. We're, <laughs> we're like, we're like, what's going on? Are they coming back out on the field? So we go out there to look, and there is some guy shuffling the lines on the field. <laughs> <laughs> 
and like every so he would like shovel a little bit and then like he every time like the shovel was full he'd like get down and the whole crowd was like oh oh and he'd like throw it over his shoulder and everyone would go yeah and they just they were they were cheering that guy on so that was kind of funny what a hero i know he he saved i mean he gave people something to watch i guess <laughs> yeah hey, yeah um so we waited so we saw it was that we went back to the um the gate and then my dad was like he's like well you know they're probably going to you know wait another 20 minutes to start the game and then they're going to play for three minutes and then to go to a 15 minute halftime um so why don't we just go back to the car and wait there and then once they start the game we can walk back and get there for the second because we were parked about 15 minutes away mm-hmm. um so we're like yeah let's do that and then as soon as we got to the car we're like why don't we just go get some food so we went and got food um and then as we were headed back they started playing again um so we parked and as we were walking they're like oh five minute halftime we're like oh shoot we're <laughs> we're gonna miss the the start of the second half um and then like as we were walking back we were like probably just right outside the stadium rsl scored their goal the one and only goal of the match um i hope you went back and watched it oh yes i went back and watched the highlights okay for the game um so yeah that that happened um but keep in mind like this entire time it's like switching on and off between snow and uh rain and hail like that's all happening while we're walking back to the (laughs) to the stadium Mm -hmm. um and then basically as soon as we got there it was just snowing pretty hard the entire time (laughs) um we were watching it so it was Um, hard enough you could see it snowing on the tv screen yeah it was it was pretty crazy and there were some seattle fans who were in front of us and they were like i can only assume they were from seattle because we're like oh my gosh this is a blizzard (laughs) and i'm like i'm like i don't i mean it's not it's not a blizzard i have family from seattle and that is totally that totally checks out they were most likely from seattle i think so because yeah they were they were like it's it's a blizzard and i'm like what do we do it's not like this is not a blizzard i mean this is pretty hard snow especially for like march but like it's not a blizzard um so yeah that that's that's what it's like to be you know i've I'd never experienced that before weather delay for a uh a professional sports game yeah um so that was interesting i feel like honestly every other year rsl gets one well it's because the weather's kind of crazy here yeah uh, it well also it's it's sandy just that area just yeah. gets some really goofy weather where the stadium is located it's it's um, the point of the mountain yeah you go 30 minutes uh any direction and the weather is more mild mm-hmm. but they just get the craziest stuff right there it's always windy there too 
Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty windy there. Well, I was watching on TV, and during the weather delay, they interviewed um, Ryan Smith and David Blitzer, the new owners. And I'm sorry, I didn't take notes or anything. Uh, Mostly, it was generic stuff, but um, they're very invested. All right. They know what they're doing, and... I'm excited, and everyone else should be excited. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> that um, seems like a pretty good interview. Yeah. I, I mean, they were talking about a lot of stuff. They, you know, and they most of their answers were pretty vague. You know how these things go. Yeah. Uh, especially when asking about, like, players and stuff. They can't – there may be stuff they know that they can't disclose yet. Um, but b- basically they've said that they – the fan experience at the games is something they really want to enhance. Wow. And so I believe they're going to be doing, I don't know if you noticed some things uh, at the stadium. Yes, I did notice one thing at least. Like some new banners. Uh, I heard that there was different lighting and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously. <laughs> I, that's not the thing that I noticed. Short time but... frame. Well, what um, did you notice? So they have flags outside um, the stadium that you can pick up. And, you know, you can have that flag for the game and, like, wave Ooh. it around. And then once you are done with it, you're supposed to put it back um, out there. That's awesome. That is cool. I just hope people don't steal them so we can we can Dude. all enjoy that. I guarantee you at least someone stole one. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, you know, we keep the thefts to, like, maybe three or below Mm -hmm. per game. Like, that would be great. (laughs) But that does make sense. You know, they're trying to improve the fan experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Does that mean we're going to get a new stadium? Probably not, like, entirely new. But I think they they hinted that they had some renovations in the works. Dude. So... I I love Rio Tinto. It's a great stadium. Um, kind of small though. Yeah, it, it is nice though. It is nice. It is nice compared to the other MLS stadiums. It's pretty small. Yeah. But you know we're not Seattle. We don't have the populace that they do. Mm-hmm. For for those of you who don't know, the reason I'm talking about this is because charlotte fc they're an mls expansion team um they just barely had their first game their first home game and they Mm -hmm. broke the mls record for um highest attendance it was like seventy-five thousand around there yeah actually i saw this on uh a soccer instagram page i follow Ooh. (laughs) Um, apparently Charlotte had more people in attendance at their match than Barcelona did <laughs> the same weekend. So it's Barcelona is absolute garbage. Yeah, right terrible. <laughs> so that was kind of like a goofy, cool stat. That is, um, that is so, cool. That yeah. is cool. Charlotte, you're like, uh, the ugly duckling. We love you. Well, I, th- I think that, you know, these expansion teams get a lot of hype. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, Austin FC, for example, absolute garbage last year, but, you know, Matthew McConaughey. So, you know, they, <laughs> they still have fans. Although, Josh already knows my opinion. I think Austin FC is going to do really good this year. Um, I believe you said win the West. Uh, so let's I, get that on record. I, I, don't, I don't know if those were my exact words. <laughs> I think they'll be, like, top. They'll definitely make the playoffs top five, maybe. All right. I'm predicting it right now. Or sound. Same. You know what I mean. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah. Anything else about the weather woes? Uh, No. Okay. But, I mean, if if we want to keep going on the thread of stuff that made the game weird we can talk about the fact that seattle rolled out like a lineup of almost all players i'd never even heard of yeah let (laughs) let me look up the lineup real quick but yeah we can definitely talk about that i Um, was shocked i mean i know they're doing uh ccl and so they're in rotation but mm -hmm. i believe that they only put out four of their regular starters, which is a lot lower than I anticipated. I was thinking like maybe they rest like a few, mm-hmm. like three or four players, and instead they rested like almost everyone. So yeah, let's see. So um, they've got uh, Rusnak, um, who I think will be a regular starter for them. Yes, I, I think that's true. Uh, Joao Paulo, Roldan. Row, and I think that's it. I mean, yeah. Jordan Morris came and, in later, and a few of the players that uh, that they started were teenagers. Hmm. I I believe one of the starters for the match was younger than eighteen. I know at least that one of the substitutions was. Mm-hmm like 16 or 17 or something and he was from anchorage which was kind of cool i was like hey hey, my guy (laughs) um but yeah they really it kind of feels like they were just like we don't care because yeah either that or the disrespect and they were like uh we'll beat you anyways well how many times has uh seattle tried to do that (laughs) and the exact opposite (laughs) happens um, last yeah. year's playoffs come to mind. I mean, they had mm-hmm. Nico Lodero available off the bench, um, and they just didn't use him. I think they thought that they could, you know, beat RSL without him, and, you know, turned out to not be the case. So, um, is it possible? Oh, sorry. So, it was Alex. Yeah, okay. So, Alex rolled on, started the game. His his brother Christian came in later. That's really weird. They subbed in yeah. a lot of their, like they subbed in their Jordan Morris, Nuhu, yeah. um, Yamar. Yeah, that's nice job, Seattle. Way to just hand that to us <laughs> on a silver yeah. platter. That's what I'm saying. If they're gonna play those guys anyways, might I, as well. I don't know. Jordan Morris, I totally get that one. Mm-hmm. Um. But like some of the other players, I just it I was surprised. Mm-hmm. 
And speaking of, you know, surprises in the lineup, RSL did not come out with their best lineup either. <laughs> no. Um, no Crylock. Um, I mean, is that really it? No Herrera? No is Herrera, Herrera. Is Herrera no injured? I yes. thought, okay. Herrera, he's listed as injured. It it's undisclosed basically the team isn't giving any information on the severity of any of these injuries okay other than the fact that Crylocks, i believe he was a game day decision okay but but like for ochoa and herrera like i think herrera it's a quad injury mm -hmm. but they they have no timetable nothing about the severity okay it's just like he's out with a quad injury so who knows if mm -hmm. it's serious or not but he didn't play in any of the uh preseason games so i'm a little concerned yeah that's it's a little concerning because i th i think that i made the comment that he got a red card in the last um game of the season so he mm -hmm. couldn't play that was apparently wrong because he didn't play in this match well, um, no, that was that was true. So it was true, but it's he's just injured. Yeah. Okay. Um so yeah, that is concerning. Um but I mean Tate Schmidt is a pretty good replacement in my opinion. I mean he's he's obviously not Herrera, but um he's been doing pretty well on that uh that side. Might give Brody a run for his money. Yeah. Um but I guess I guess the point is that RSL was not at full strength either. Um Peak but, MLS. <laughs> but <laughs> they came away with with, with the with the results. So and I think it's important to note like it wasn't just like one random you know one fluke moment that it, you know RSL you know, got, you know, a counterattack or something and scored a goal and beat Seattle 1-0. They had um, double the amount of shots that Seattle had, 16-8, to eight, with six of those being on target to Seattle's four. And if I remember right, three of those shots on target for Seattle happened after RSL scored their goal. That um, sounds right. So it's not like... You know, Seattle was dominating the entire game, and then RSL gets one back and then just turtles the the rest of the game. Um, I think that RSL was was definitely definitely in the first half was the more dominant team, and kind of like the yeah. the like it's right after the weather delay, they came out and they were just like I don't know if Seattle was like falling asleep or something, but they came out and were very aggressive and. Um, had you know two or three good chances, and one of those just just happened to go in. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we I wouldn't say we like dominated the entire match, but no, no, we were in control. Yeah, for most of the match, and they did have more possession and shots at the end. But by then, we had made defensive substitutions. Yeah, and we were just playing to 
maintain the yeah, result. Yeah, so. and yeah, I think I think that's fine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a really good showing from us. Um, super pumped to walk away with three points. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect it. It really came out of left field. Uh, but you know, you throw in our starting lineup and then their starting lineup and then a weather delay, and it was just like somehow we walked away with three points from that and it was crazy and entertaining and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can say they exceeded expectations. Yeah, definitely. If I remember right, you predicted they were going to lose three zero. So <laughs> I did. Uh, I didn't know that Seattle would send out their B team when I, when I made that prediction. Uh, but yeah, I will happily take the L on that one. <laughs> so, um, one thing that I, I thought they, it was particularly funny um, is they came up with the MLS power rankings. Um, and I, th I think that what they wrote for both Seattle and RSL, it's just, it's just hilarious. So I'm going to have Josh read a portion of, a portion of the Seattle one and probably our, all of the RSL one. Cause the RSL one's short. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think, I just think it's so funny. Yeah, so this is from uh, MLS.com, does these power rankings every week. Uh, so Seattle dropped a few spots, uh, and it says, just to clarify, taking a team's manager and losing to that team in the MLS Cup playoffs after they didn't put up a shot, then taking that team's <laughs> DP and losing to them in a revenge game after they didn't even have Demir Krylock is one of the single funniest things to ever happen in MLS. No notes. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, was under Seattle. Mm -hmm. And then under RSL, it said <laughs> the year is 2025. The Seattle Sounders have bought the entirety of Real Salt Lake and replaced all their players with a local... YMCA team in a move even even MLSsoccer.com has called potentially questionable. The two teams meet. RSL win 2-0. <laughs> Seattle head back to the drawing board once again. <laughs> uh, man, that is peak com MLS comedy right there. Good stuff, actually. I'm going to see who, who wrote these. Who wrote that? Are they a friend to RSL? J. Sam Jones, shout out! <laughs> shout out to you for being um, incredibly hilarious. It feels um, weird to shout out someone who's like way bigger than we are. Yeah, usually it goes the other way. Um, but they're like, "Uh, thanks." Yeah, Don't really well, know what that they're does. not gonna know. But yeah, exactly. Awesome job. Um, one thing that. Uh, for those of you, well, one of the big questions I had going into the game was, were the fans going to, you know, be cool Ooh. with Rusnak? You know, it's because I heard I heard that they were going to like honor Rusnak before the game, and from what I saw, they did post something on like the the screen, like a thank thank you Albert Rusnak, whatever. Um, so I was like, okay, are the fans going to just be like cool with him? Like, you know, like, uh, you're playing for Seattle, but you know, we still respect you or are they just going to hate him? Um, and they, they did, they did not like him. Um, well, we'll just leave it at that. 
I mean, you didn't have to. You didn't have to watch the game to know when Rusnak had the ball because every time he touched the ball, the entire stadium just just booed as loud as they could. Um, so did you boo, Dax? That's the real question. I did boo because it was fun. <laughs> oh my god! I, I, I understand the situation. I know that mob mentality. I know that you know the management the management could have signed Rusnak back, but they didn't. Um, I think that partially that has to do with the ownership situ- situation. Um, but I know that it was like it wasn't all Rusnak's decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just fun, man. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle, I think you know, is is a is a is a rival for RSL, especially the way that, um, you know, their record is shaping up against them. At least mm-hmm. you know in the top three in terms of conference rivals, um, and you know I kind of resent Seattle for you know even signing Rusnak. Um, so you know, maybe I wasn't even what maybe I wasn't even booing at Rusnak. Every time he just got the ball, I was booing at Seattle as an organization. There you go. Mm-hmm. That will help you sleep better at night. <laughs> I I feel no regrets. <laughs> I'm just messing. I I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I I probably wouldn't have booed myself if I were there. Um, but. I don't begrudge anyone for doing it. Uh, not only because it's understandable, but also because it totally worked. Mm-hmm. Did you see how he, he was playing? Yeah, he was not he was... confident on the ball at all. No, he really struggled, and he completely faded and disappeared. And when they subbed him off, I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, by the time the camera panned to him being subbed off, uh, on TV, on the broadcast, he was off the field. He, like, sprinted off the field to try and, like, get off before uh, the booing could start. Like, he he just wanted to be out of there. It really affected him. And I kind of, I kind of feel bad for him as a person because he spent mm-hmm. a, a lot of years here, and I don't really begrudge him. Like, it his life like (laughs) yeah you know if i'm looking at it from his shoes it probably hurts it probably stings and i understand why he just wanted to get out of there yeah um but you know from a real salt lake perspective the fans had an impact Mm -hmm. helped the team so hey see now i kind of feel bad No, and and I told it him comes, it comes with being a professional athlete. He's yeah. got to he'll get over it. He'll be fine. He's getting I, paid a lot of money. Yeah, I I told Olivia <laughs> that. She's like, "Don't you feel bad?" And I'm like, "He's a professional athlete. If he is going to be, you know, he's going to lose his confidence just cuz a couple of fans boo at him, then, you know, he might need to find a different line of work." Yep. Cuz that's going to happen all the time. Yeah, I think it I think it was fine. Yeah. It was, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so yeah, um, let's so let's actually go into the game now and kind of talk about, um, you know, let's let's first talk about the formation and just kind of like some general thoughts about the game. So 
RSO came out in a four, no, a three, four, three. Um, you know, same back three you'd expect Glad, Silva, Holt, um, Caldwell got his, this was, no, he started the Houston game, right? Yeah, this was okay, his second, his second start. start. Um, Caldwell, um, Ruiz in the middle, Brody and Schmidt on the wings, and then you had uh, Miram, Wood, and Chang up top. Um, and, I mean, it seemed to work fairly well. Um, I think I like this formation. I think it suits... Um, then better than like a you know like a three five two, for example. Um, I think they have more pieces for that, especially for like uh, Menendez and Cordova. I think that they fit into a three four three better than they fit into a uh, three five two. Um, but I mean, it's it seemed to do the trick mm. against Seattle, don't you think? It did. It worked really well. Uh last weekend i i actually disagree with you i think cordova would do really well uh up top with just him and bobby wood so you want a double striker formation i i wouldn't say that i want that i'm not necessarily advocating for that i'm Mm -hmm. just saying i think cordova could shine in that type of formation. I think he might actually be more effective for us there than, say, like, in a more wing position. So, but yeah. It's really early to know for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, against Seattle, the issues we had against Houston were almost non-existent. There was connectivity from uh transitioning from our defense up to our Mm -hmm. forwards uh brody and schmidt finally got forward dude brody (laughs) yeah brody had a really good game brody had himself a game i this was kind of the game where i was like okay brody is uh starting caliber Mm -hmm. he's locked in for that left wing back position um but yeah they were getting forwards um chang and miram did a pretty good job of giving Mm -hmm. width and i also think ruiz finally kind of stepped up his game um part of the connectivity issues against houston were on him as well and he did a good job of distributing so one thing is I, I'm actually going to defend Ruiz here um, because I, I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily that he stepped up his game, um, but I honestly think it's because of Caldwell's presence in the midfield that kind of, you know, gave, you know, some def- defensive stability in the midfield. Um, and that just released Pablo so that he could actually be involved with the attack. Because if you think about it, I, I see Everton as, as you know, more of an offensive central uh, center mid. Um, mm-hmm. So Pablo was forced into the defensive position. Um, and, you know, maybe that's not his strength, whatever. Um, but I think that 
with Caldwell in the midfield that just releases the other player, the other whoever is playing in that position, um, releases them to kind of get involved in the attack. Um, yeah. And for Pablo, Luis was getting up. Yeah. For, sure. for Pablo, that seems to suit him better. Um, so I, honestly, I think Caldwell was a great addition to the midfield. Um, I think he's going to help out a lot um, in that position. Um, you know, he I, I think he already did in the, the Seattle game, and he'll continue to do that throughout the season. Yeah. I will say, though, Caldwell and Ruiz started against Houston also. so Yeah, I'll chalk that one up, too. Uh, they were getting <laughs> used to each other. Fair. Now, now, just imagine if we have Caldwell and then Everton in there. I think that's the combination that's going to get the most done. That's interesting. I was actually going to ask you, who are your preferred central midfielders now? I um, think I think it's Caldwell and Everton. Um, so you would take Everton over Ruiz? I would because so I think that Everton gives he's gives more of a physical presence in the midfield um, than Ruiz. Um, And I think he is more offensive-minded as well. Um, So if you have Caldwell back there who kind of, you know, brings defensive stability, it allows Everton to get forward. Um, And, you know, I have a big problem last season, especially playing three in the back, um, was there was no one to you know, kind of t- take up the slack in the midfield defensively. Um, I think Caldwell brings that, um, and Everton is, is you know, the better option. I, I would just take Everton over Ruiz straight up. Hmm. Well, then who's going to take our free kicks, our set pieces? Uh, <laughs> my gosh. Um, Glad. Dude, honestly... No, it, honestly, my 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 actual answer is probably Herrera. Yeah, I think he's really the only one. Him or Miram? I mean, it obviously depends on where the set piece is. Um, like Miram, I think he can take corners when he's in. Obviously. Yeah, I don't want either of them taking shots directly from free mm-hmm. kicks, though. Yeah, <laughs> I on it might be a little crazy but i would trust herrera more than miram yeah i don't trust interesting i don't trust ruiz at all (laughs) (laughs) i'm surprised that you say that i so i think that everton's better at um driving forward with the ball Mm -hmm. he's really good at taking the ball and then just like basically being the Eunice musa of Real Salt Lake and just yeah. like dribbling all the way down the field. That's a USMNT um, reference. Yes. Um, so that's kind of his strength and that that's great. But I think Ruiz is the better passer, yeah. especially with long balls over the top. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think Everton ever really attempts those passes even. No. So... I guess it just depends on what we want. It depends. And, you know, honestly, it's probably going to come down to who's better in form. 
Um, yeah. Just, I mean, I think Caldwell should start every game. That's just me, though. Um, and then, you know, switch out whoever's doing better that week or or whoever, you know, need, like, whoever, um, sorry, whoever they're playing against, like, fits better. Like, if they want to go, you know, more of, like, a counterattack style, mm-hmm. probably Everton's the better choice for that. Um, but if they know they're going to possess the ball a lot, then Ruiz is probably the better choice for that. Um, and, you know, tactically, they make decisions tactically. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't think either of us expected Caldwell to just walk into a starting position. But I, I also think that he may have just won himself. Mm-hmm. a consistent spot there well um, i hoped that would be the case i hope that um caldwell would you know kind of be a missing puzzle piece i don't think um for you know i think that you know if we could land quayar that would be you know that'd be you know miles ahead of caldwell but um yeah i i think that uh he does provide some some missing you know, missing things that RSL has needed in the past. It's, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, so... So we talked about... So he, here were my... Uh, my standouts. Brody, I think... Yes, Had an amazing game, and I think he should... Well, I think he will be an integral part of the team this season. Caldwell, we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Wood looks like everything I hoped he would be. Mm-hmm. He's our guy. Even if Ruby Overbean comes back, I think Bobby Wood right now is our guy. He is doing very well. I will give you that. Yeah. I mean, did you see some of the defensive work he put in against Seattle? He was tracking like all the way back uh into our own third to win the ball back from Seattle and then yeah he just played fantastic he's making intelligent runs he looks really really good mm-hmm. right now um and then i'm saying it shout out to McMath uh, i was i was wondering if you were actually going to admit it he had a really good game did, so did you see that he made um, the MLS Team of the Week? No, I didn't. He was on the wow. bench. So he's like the backup keeper for that team. But he was there. Yeah. And No, he had a great game. He did have, what was it, four saves? I mean, there were four shots on target. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, four saves. And I honestly... Um, I think Seattle had more quality chances than we did at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Because all four, or at least three of those four shots on target uh, would have been goals, if not for fantastic saves from McMath. So That is true, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a perfect game from him. There was one where he fumbled it, like kind of right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, 
it was solid. I was happy with it. <laughs> Def- definite improvement. Yeah. Um, from McMath games we've seen in the past. Um, yeah. And I think that's something, you know, to be excited about, um, especially if we don't know how long Ochoa is going to be out. Um, that could potentially, you know, McMath could potentially be the main guy for who knows how long. So it's good that he had such a good game. Yeah. I think he will probably start at least half of our games this season. Really? Do you think so? Do you think that Ochoa is going to be out for that long? Yeah, I think so. Oh no. I I mean, obviously, I have no nothing to back this up. <laughs> All right. But just the way they went about it and the fact that they're not disclosing how serious the injury is and everything. Yeah. Uh I just have this feeling that he's going to be out for a while. And, I mean, on top of all of that, he's young, and he's an important prospect for the club. So I mm-hmm. don't think they're going to rush him out there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and he's young. He's got time. Yeah. Plus, we have a backup that's a veteran mm-hmm. that seems to be performing well so yeah o- ocho is resilient he's a child he's mostly made of cartilage so <laughs> i thought you were going somewhere to, somewhere else with that where did you when think you i was like, going <laughs> i don't know i thought you were gonna say something about his maturity you were like he's a child and i was like oh no <laughs> no he's just made of cartilage so he you know if he breaks a bone it you know it doesn't really break it just bends yeah all he's, right he's fine <laughs> I'm trying to say that he's fine. Yeah. So, I wanted to ask you something. Um, we played a three-four-three, mm-hmm. and Menendez was not a part of that. Uh, and he didn't even sub in. I don't think he didn't, and it was his birthday. Oh, isn't that sad? <laughs> That's a travesty. And I actually don't know if it was that day, but it was like that day or the day before. Like, huh? it was his birthday, and they didn't even plan. So what do you make of that? Because you, I've many times, both of us have said like, oh, the three in the back system doesn't really suit him. Mm-hmm. But then earlier you were like, uh, the 3-4-3 three, three is a better formation for Menendez, but he wasn't anywhere. So I honestly think um, he could have started this game. Um, I would not have been mad seeing him uh, start instead of Michael Chang. Um, I mean, honestly, we're talking about standout players. I think Michael Chang had a really good game. Um, He provided the assist for the goal. Um, Yeah. But I would not have been mad if Menendez started. Um, but he did start, so I would have had would have expected him to come in around the sixtieth minute. But at that point, they were already ahead one goal, so I think uh, Pablo was making defensive substitutions at that point. 
Um, so do you think that because multiple games now, um, Chang didn't start last week yeah. against Houston, but he did sub in before Menendez. And Miram's also clearly ahead of Menendez. Yeah. It kind of uh, looks like he's our last option at winger currently in Pablo Mastro in his mm-hmm. eyes. You know, uh, that's that's a very so, good point. Um, and it, it's hard to argue, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say that, you know, he has more potential than Chang or whatever, mm-hmm. but both, I mean, Chang and Miram are both in really good form right now. Chang was one of the brightest spots last week against Houston. He had another great game against Seattle. So it's hard to justify going to Menendez before him. So I think that in terms of wings, we are fairly thin. Um, I mean, we've got Miram, Chang, um, I mean, Cordova. But I, I think... You know, we can both agree that maybe he does better as, like, a nine and not really on the wing. He, he can certainly play there, though. And then Menendez. So you're talking, like, about, um, you know, three wings, four if you consider Cordova a wing. Um, so I think... Yeah. I mean, I, does he have a spot on the team? I think, yeah, he does. Um, but it does kind of seem like right now he is the last option, um, off the bench, which, um, honestly, I don't know if I can argue that he's not like, he's not where he's supposed to be. Um, because I know I've expressed this to you before, but I don't think he is very, um, like prolific when he gets the ball like i don't think he makes you think he does a whole lot of nothing i think he does a whole (laughs) lot of nothing um fancy nothing he well yeah he will either like get the ball and like make a quick pass that like goes nowhere or he will get the ball someone will come up to pressure him and he will try and draw a foul and then half the time the ref gives it to him half the time the ref doesn't um Mm. So, I don't know. Is is there a place for Menendez right now? Um, is he just not in form? I think, I de- I think that um. You know, Miram and Chang are are in really good form right now. So as long as they're performing, I I don't see a problem with with the starting lineup for right now. Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh... I just think it's interesting, especially when you take into account the Savarino rumors mm-hmm. and the fact that if we go back to two strikers up top, then we don't really have true wingers in the formation. And, uh, yeah, Menendez's position kind of disappears. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he may just fade through the rest of the season and we might not see much of him. Uh, which I am a little surprised by, but after these first two games. So, in my opinion, that's... it really hurts him that 
he's just not a very good defender. Um, like, he's just not versatile enough. He is supposed to be good at one thing, um, and that's being, like, a you know, an offensive-minded wing. Um, and when that position doesn't really exist, like, there's not much else they can do with him. Um, yeah. So he can't play one of the wings in, like, a 3-5-2 because you lose defensive um, productivity from him. Chang can mm-hmm. do both. Brody can do both. T- uh, Tate Schmidt can do both. Miram can do both, question mark? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'd rather play him at, you know, at... at at as, as a as a striker than than there menendez i don't think he could do that in my mind miram and menendez are very similar players they're both crafty with their feet mm-hmm. um and all that miram's just better you know yeah he, he's definitely he's better also, right now yeah but he's also old so he can't go full 90 yeah um but yeah i I wouldn't want Miram in a wingback position unless we were down late and we were chasing the game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, while we're on the subject of who goes where, um, with the 3-4-3, three, three, um, where does Crylock fit into all this? Um, uh, yes. <laughs> the age-old question, how do we... <laughs> Make use of our of our highest paid players. <laughs> Everyone thought when Rusnak went away that this whole question of where should we play Crylock would just disappear, but that is not the case. <laughs> that is that is absolute because I mean, Crylock is not a wing. What is with the RSL coaches playing like true number tens on the wing? I don't understand it. Well, we haven't played him on the wing yet. What did we play in against Houston then? Against Houston, he was like uh, a number ten, basically. Okay, well that didn't work. Yeah, against Houston, instead of a front three, we had the two strikers and then mm-hmm. Crylock underneath. Okay, okay. Um, so, so are you ready for my so, crazy idea? Yes. We I play, love the crazy idea. and honestly, this might not be too crazy, but we play Crylock at the six and have him as an offensive minded central central center mid and have Caldwell or someone be defensive minded um and just go from there cuz Krylock will he can play anywhere that you put him obviously you know some positions are better than others for him um but i think he could do very well at you know a 6 type position um and he'll still be involved enough in the attack um to where where we'll get use out of him so that would be your preferred lineup then is a 3-4-3 crylock caldwell and then the rest of the back line and the middle four the same mm-hmm. and then i'm assuming uh chang and miram on the wings in the front three yes i think that is our best lineup right now I don't think that we're going to ever do that because, you know, then then Pablo, neither Pablo nor Everton are going to start. And I just don't see Pob, uh, Pablo Master, Masterani doing that. Yeah, I don't either. It's interesting, though. 
but I don't see how else you get use of Krylock because he played the wing in the Houston game and granted, well, no, he didn't play the wing in the Houston game, but he was still, you know, disconnected from the rest of the team. Yeah. Hmm. So it should be interesting to see where they end up playing him. Um, we don't know if he's going to be back for the next game, right? No. Hmm. I'm assuming it'll be another kind of like a game. Game day decision. decision. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. RSL's kind of finicky with their uh, injury reports. Yeah. So. But, so where do you think he should go, Josh? Where Where is your ideal position for Crylock? The 10. In what formation? I... Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs to play at the 10. Yeah. He struggled against Houston. Um, but I think that was mainly due to the fact that, like, uh, our wingbacks were not pushing up. I think yeah. if they had been pushing up like they were supposed to, then things would have flowed better. But... Maybe not. I don't know. It's still really early. Um, but I, whatever we go with, I think he needs to be central, and I think he needs to be uh, in between the forwards and the midfield. <laughs> All right. That's, that is a good plan. But all this talk about formations, and just watch. Next game, uh, we're going to roll out a back four. You know, um, it's possible. Just so Pablo can give us something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, four two three one's looking pretty good right now. Yeah, it could work. And especially, I mean, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. We could talk about that for forever, but um, yeah, four two three one looking pretty good. But I mean, the three four three worked against Seattle apparently. Um, yeah. So, their next game is against the New England Revolution. I believe it's on Saturday. Saturday the... Oh. Let me look it up. Saturday the 12th. Is that a Saturday? Uh, yes. Okay, Saturday the 12th. Um, against the New England Revolution. So, um, for those of you who don't know, the New England Re- Revolution broke an MLS record last year for the best season ever. Um, so that should be fun. Um, RS, RSL's schedule right now is pretty tough. They've got some pretty tough games. Um, I was literally just going to say that. We're both looking at the upcoming schedule, and yeah. I'm just like, holy smokes, it's so front-heavy. Oh, guess who's at the top of the West right now? Nashville. No, Austin. Oh, <laughs> it. It's cause, it's just because they have a plus nine goal differential. Yeah. No, this is seriously insane. We we've got New England next, then Nashville, then Sporting KC, then Colorado, then Toronto, the one easy game, mm-hmm. then NYCFC, then Portland. <laughs> so let me let let me just go through this. So New, oh. New England Revolution. Best season in MLS history, okay? 
Nashville, currently number one in the MLS power rankings. KC, um, they were top three last year. Um, Colorado won the West in the regular season last year. Toronto, easy game. NYC, MLS Cup champions. Portland, <laughs> West uh, Western Conference playoff champions. And then the LA Galaxy, who didn't make the playoffs last year, but are always really good for some reason. So, yeah, very interesting next couple of games. Um, I believe those are about evenly spread between home and away. So, um, we should get a good mix there. Um, but yeah. Um, how, do, how confident do you feel against the New England, New England Revolution, Josh? Um, I'm going to say if we have Crylock, it's a draw. Okay. And if we don't, we lose. No, no, no win in RSL's future, huh? I, I just don't trust this team yet. You know, that's fair. Um, I... It's possible. It's totally possible. We saw a lot of positive things against Seattle, but it mm-hmm. was also like a severely weak in Seattle. I <laughs> they were crippled. Yeah. Crippled Seattle. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to go with that, but you know, anything's possible. Hopefully they surprise me. Well, you know, I think I'm going to go with a draw. I think they draw. Um, yes, the undefeated streak continues. Yeah, they're undefeated right now. Hopefully. We just jinxed it. Now oh, no. Lose. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. But, um, yeah, we will see you guys next week, and we'll be there to talk about, you know, everything that happens in the New England game and, you know, just everything that happens in general. So stay tuned for that, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Yep, bye.